Reporting is eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company. If you go to appletoncoffee.com and use code RAE at checkout, you will save 15% this year. Again, that's appletoncoffee.com. Use code RAE at checkout to save 15%. And if I ran the Green Bay Packers, if I ran the Green Bay Packers, well, I'd trade our third round pick, just gonna waste them all anyway. And if I ran the Green Bay Packers, I'd, I'd trade Jordan Love. If I ran the Green Bay Packers, I'd rebuild Curly so you could see the field. If I ran the Green Bay Packers, watch all the Hey everybody, welcome to a hastily composed reporting is eligible. I am Paul Noonan of Acme Packing Company, the Shepherd Express. Uh, the Packers are alive, very alive. They beat the Dolphins. They don't quite control their own destiny. Uh, they almost do. Uh, and to help me break down their win over the Dolphins and their playoff scenarios, first in Urban Wauwatosa, as per usual. Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and uh, uh, tiebreaker extraordinaire at times. Unfortunately, the content uh, is not very elongated. It's getting it's getting easier and easier to sort of explain. I feel like what the, the Packers' playoff situation. The is. Washington and New York ties did you dirty. Um, it really robbed you of a lot of content this year. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> or or it just made things a little easier and easier for people to digest. So maybe they want to read about <laughs> it more. I don't know. I don't know. But yes, like outside of getting another tie, New York and Washington, it's pretty simple. Like either they finish ahead or behind. There's just no tiebreakers to digest. Yeah. And no uh, the Packers can actually still finish out of both. The Packers' sixth seed dream is still alive. They could still be the sixth seed. And uh, in fact, that would probably be better because it would absolutely be better. It would be a thousand times better because as yeah. it currently stands, they'll be facing the 49ers. And who wants that? Like, uh, aside right. from it being boring, it's also, I think, the hardest matchup. I would actually rather play Philadelphia, I think, than San Francisco, who's been pretty excellent for a while now. Um, you get the yeah. Vikings, right? No, wait a minute. Well, okay, but, but to get to I'm, that point, to get to that you point, have you have to beat, to beat the, the Vikings. Vikings. Right, 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 right. So that drags them down a spot, possibly. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that could go into that, too. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely hurts Minnesota's cause and uh, and puts them in danger of dropping to the three seed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see the Giants losing to the Colts because I just saw the Colts again on my TV, and I'm not convinced I'm not convinced the Colts will win again. But, uh, <laughs> you know. They're so bad. They're so bad. That coaching change was awful. Poor Frank Reich again. Well, at least it wasn't the Broncos going with Nathaniel Hackett trying to woo Aaron Rodgers to, only to get Russell Wilson and the worst imaginable version of him and not even getting through your first season as an NFL head football coach. That is a tough bit. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of charts on Russell Wilson. I got to look up my own charts on Russell Wilson, but I can't remember a, a decline in quarterback quite this drastic and significant. Uh, he's not that old. I think you know we have Aaron around, so our our viewpoint of old quarterback is that. But he's substantially younger than Aaron. He should not suck this much this early. It's it's really crazy. And that team is that team has talent. Like I I, I thought Denver's talent's a little overrated. Um, they were a big uh, a, a, they were a big favorite to like be really really good this year, like a one seed in the AFC. That obviously didn't happen. But to be this bad with that talent is really, really impressive. And with a defense that consistently ranks near the top of the league, uh, you know, outside of last week where they clearly just quit, giving up 51 points to Baker Mayfield is incredible. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they suck. And maybe Azure will be available now because who wants to be on that team? Ugh. 
<laughs> you have to introduce yourself now. I'm done with banter. <laughs> and I'm Matt, but you can call me Mattel, Backby Packing Company, Meme Weaver, General, General Twitter, Rabble Rouser. That's kind of hard to say today. And owner of fartmcduty.com. Dot <laughs> <laughs> com being the, the newsworthy to the yes. extent such a thing can be newsworthy point there. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we mentioned we mentioned I was going to lose the dot X Y Z. Yeah, because <laughs> because the owner went out of business in Austria or something like that. No, um, they were no longer accepting PayPal, uh, because of the Royal Bank of India. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so I just went out and got the dot com instead. <laughs> the dot com. <laughs> or sorry, no, the Republic Bank of India, not the Royal Bank of India. My bad. All right. I'm, the the cross section of humanity who owns fartmcduty.com dot com and Packer Stock is is just. It's a circle. It's a Venn diagram. (laughs) That that resume is not someone I would hang out with, just full disclosure. (laughs) It's a good thing I already know you. Oh, man. It's a good thing I already know you before I know the things you own. It really is. Two quick plugs before we get into the game. Uh, JR was on As Goes Wisconsin today, which everybody should watch because it's good and listen to. And there's the podcast version of it. And also, if you weren't to run for the holidays for Twitter nonsense and whatnot... Uh, I wrote a song, so go listen to that. It will definitely either lead in this episode or uh, lead out this episode, so you can hear it there. I That was just such a stunning revelation, Paul, because usually when you're working on something, we're at least privy to some of those details. <laughs> we know that something's afoot. We know that you might be experimenting, workshopping, but that was a complete shock. I had no idea that that was going to land, and I the, the link... Like, not to tell Acme Packing Company how to do their job, but the SEO, not so great on that because it didn't indicate what I was clicking on. It, you know, like it, it did, but it, it, didn't, it didn't give me a sense that there was going to be a, a song, a jam. And, uh, <laughs> and I clicked on it thinking, oh, this will be like five things Paul would do to fix the Packers. You know, that's cool. I'll read it. And then it's, uh, you know, to the, to the tune of if I had a million dollars, just truly, truly special. My one note, my one note would be the last grace note, the final line, which yep. of course in the song is I'd be rich. I'd be rich. I feel like there is a way to have worked rich. I, 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 yeah. I, I could not come up with anything good. Like I, I admit that what I have there is not great, but nothing that I tried worked. I, I had to just give up at some point, you know, you got to finish. Understood. At some point. Understood. Yep. Uh, I, I hear you. And uh, APC should get a little bit of slack there because this was the holiday season and uh, I, I, I did finish that, and text I think, was literally in a car driving somewhere. And I said, hey, can you just hit approve on this? And so <laughs> I wrote the headline, and I wrote the, I wrote all the SEO. That's my fault, not theirs. They usually are good about fixing that because I always suck at it. So um, this was just bad timing. Uh, I don't know. I kind of I like the idea of, like, you, you catch a lot of hatred on the Twitter.com. And so Does he? having an article that's just like, oh, you guys want to see what I would actually do? <laughs> I, I, it's like pounding your chest and be like, come at me. Yeah, a and little then, bit. And then it's a song. I loved it. As it was fantastic. Point. People should listen to it. It brought, brought a smile to my face. Yeah. All right. We got a Packers game, and it was a good one. It was good. It was really good. Um, I, I think the best way to describe this game was a tweet that I did halfway through this game, which was both the Packers and the Dolphins should be up by two touchdowns in this game. Um, I stand by that. That's how this game went. Like Miami had a lot of opportunities to like put the game away, got a blocked punt, uh, got a fourth down stop, and just couldn't capitalize. And then like the Packers, uh, I feel like I feel good about this win because. If Christian Watson and AJ Dillon don't just fall down for no reason, 
they score two more touchdowns and this thing is just a laugher. Um, and uh, like that's weird and bizarre and not something that's gonna. It's not repeatable. It's like a a lack of skill that like AJ Dillon just falls down a lot. Qu- quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> um, so I, I think it was in retrospect a pretty good game, even though it had its weird sloppy parts. But it was super fun. At least back and forth, good comeback, uh, good good holiday like uh, celebration moment. All, all, all good there. Um, yeah, I I definitely pick up on that sort of. I don't know, dichotomy is the wrong word, but, you know, because you think if, if Tua doesn't throw the ball directly to Packers on three straight occasions, it's hard to imagine <laughs> winning a game that the Packers won by six points. And yet, yet, I kind of feel like they should have still won that and game yet. by six points with three with three balls thrown directly to them. You yes. know, like, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird feeling. I certainly think that, I mean, Tua definitely contributed to the Packers winning. There's no, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. But, um. I don't know, like for as scrappy and as ugly as it was, it's it's a really it's a really quality win for them. And I don't think it's their best game, but it's not far from their best game this year, which is an indictment on the whole schedule. But like this was this was really important and they and they pulled it off, man. They figured it out. They did. Having just written the song the week before, I am very happy that we got both a fourth and one bomb and a delay of game penalty that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, very incredible. very nice, very much to the point. Um but uh, like it was uh, on the, the interceptions, how many do you think were concussion related? Uh, all three happened after the concussion. Well, and all three happened because, but like, not all. Some of them were higher skill than others were. Like, so the, I feel like Razul's was like a, a pretty good read and react pick. So Razul's was a read and react. Um, Campbell's, I think, was kind of uh, like got lost in the wash. I like, think throw throwing over the middle eight the thing that Aaron Rodgers says don't it was a terrible throw over the middle eight with a concussion like that's a concussion one I think where he just wasn't seeing part of life yeah um Um, but the Jair one (laughs) that was uh, a even Jair he's about to overthrow this (laughs) I'm like we all saw the video yeah we did incredible it was great everybody should for those who didn't see the video go go watch slash listen to jair alexander's post game comments on this you cannot read about them as jr pointed out earlier today because they don't translate into the written word very well <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta see it followed well, by a like... troll job of jalen waddle who had how many receiving <laughs> yards in this game was it like 100 and 143 143 yeah, 80, receiving yards 85 of them came on one catch that's true that is true 84 came on one catch okay um so, so speaking of things that don't translate to to text, I want everyone to at me on Twitter with Howard Dean's battle cry translated to text. Oh, you guys uh, remember Howard Dean? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, he yeah, the guy yeah. who said every state of the union? And then he's, he's and like, then we're people... gonna go to we're gonna go to Michigan and we're gonna go to Wisconsin and we're gonna go to Washington. Ah! Imagine that ex- excluding a candidate now, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like go back to watch West Wing and the things that 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 ruin political careers is the quaintest <laughs> shit. It is so quaint. Oh, you had a you had a, a scandal where you cheated on your wife. My goodness, that's completely uh, ruled out. You're never going to be president now. They say in Hamilton. Well, that's just that's just Tuesday now. But whatever. <laughs> I digress. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Old school <laughs> Old politics. School. Great Mis- times. You misspelled potato. You are now a national disgrace. Yes. Sorry about that. I would say the biggest takeaway from this game uh, is, is I think, pretty good. Just really great special teams play. There's obviously moments that were quite bad, but just I, I just mean Kayshawn Nixon. Yeah, and and that groin injury is, is an issue going forward. So I'm a little concerned about that because, like, 
the, the guy is such a real, I mean, this is this year's Roswell Douglas, a guy who came out of nowhere to be truly one of the most important players on this team. And, and everything goes better because Kayshawn Nixon is setting the tone. It's fantastic. Yes. Easily the best kick returner in the NFL. Um, leads in kick return yards despite not returning that many kicks. <laughs> and uh, ha- had one of those moments in this game where uh, just as soon as he didn't score, did you all assume it was going to be a field goal? Absolutely. Because I yep. sure did. I wasn't even counting on the field goal, to yep. be honest. I, oh, I figured something yeah. would go wrong. But, I was like, Rodgers is going to get sacked out of field goal. Which he almost somehow. did. <laughs> uh, Rodgers took an immediate 13-yard sack. Uh, it was a great kickoff return, 93 yards by Keyshawn Nixon. Got over 100 for like the sixth game in a row, seventh game in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the, I think it's the longest streak in franchise history, right? Yeah, I was going to say ever. Pretty sure. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the injury, there's a bunch of injuries in this game that could maybe be major, could maybe not. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out more later this week. Uh, but that is definitely, definitely one of them because he is just a, a quantum leap over anything they've had a kick returner since, I don't know, uh, they never had a good kick returner. So that, uh, Desmond Howard was a partner returner. And, uh, we've never had a difference maker on this level that we've seen in the last, I don't know. 20 I, I went ever I, because to go to yeah this right, ever. You'll, you'll have to go back to like lombardi times to find like, somebody <laughs> i truly in my life have never seen someone kick a fake squib kick just because they were afraid of a packers returner that was insane a, like a huge play where he didn't even touch the ball and uh i should get like a huge credit for like a 40 yard return just because yeah. that happened <laughs> um, look up how far that kickoff was Jason Sanders kicks off 19 yards returned by Josiah DeGuerra <laughs> for no gain that is that line it, of the game it, did it hit like DeGuerra in the chest or something I like, think it did um, a little so, awkward for him but you know Ro- Rogers did did say on McAfee today um, he thinks Nixon's gonna play he says Nixon should play and Bakhtiari is trending. Everyone's talking about it like Bakhtiari is going to play. And I'm like, that dude said trending towards playing yeah. for a reason. Yeah, he did. And there's no timeline on appendectomies. Like, it can take you a while. It's, uh... <laughs> and, and it's David Bakhtiari. Like, nobody should ever assume that he's back in any game until he's on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Him getting an appendectomy is somehow going to cause fluid in his knee. I would say between the Nixon injury... Uh, you know, Christian Watson going out, Yash Nyman going out. Yep. I, I will not throw Dean Lowry into this pile because we all know that that means Devontae Wyatt gets on the field. Woo! And that is something that is the the official position of reporting is eligible is for more Devontae Wyatt. Correct. And uh, and that has borne out. So who played great but, in this game with more snaps, was, by the way. Awesome. I, I In fact, I, that I feel like I know nothing about the injury severity for Dean Lowry, but I have to think the Packers were like, eh, I think we're covered here. So <laughs> let's uh, if we have to make an IR move, let's just do this now. The, we'll add Seneca Wallace to him. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite to that. Because we are talking about a starter. I mean, they obviously value Dean Lowry a lot. Yes. Seneca Wallace was a starter. I wish no ill will towards (laughs) Dean Lowry personally. And I don't relish him being hurt, but it definitely upgrades the team to get wide on the field more. There's just no doubt about it. But the other injuries are are bad. And with throw Bakhtiari in there with no Bakhtiari, no Nyman. That means a lot of Royce Newman. And that could be a a huge problem for them. Royce Newman. Royce Newman whiffed on a block at right tackle so poorly that his man blew up a halfback dive. <laughs> he's bad. He's very, very bad. He, he's, he sucks in all the ways that um, are impressive to suck. He shows up on film. He, he pops on film. That's what Royce Newman does. He is like if Jason Spriggs wasn't a good athlete. <laughs> 
Ew. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> but the, the Watson one is, is I think, probably the worst one because with him, they've been like the best offense in football. And if he's if he's missing games, then they're back to dinky, dunky, stupid garbage for the whole game. Um, and, you know, they're, they're no guarantee. Last time they played uh, the Lions, they scored nine points. That was, I assume, not a Watson game. I'm not even going to bother to check it because if they would have had him, they would have scored more than nine points. They, they need him to do damage. What did you think, though, of, uh, I think it was Tom Silverstein, one of my colleagues wrote about how losing Watson changed their their scheme a little bit and opened things up for them, maybe re- reasserted the running game indirectly because at some because Rogers has trust now with Watson and tries to get it to him in any circumstance and it, it forcing it wasn't working. You know, it's the same problem that they've had True. in the past with Devante. So uh, I, I don't. I, I don't know. Like that didn't occur to me in the moment. It, it made some sense after the fact that okay, well they did they did go back to the running game and that did ultimately help them salt that game away. Uh on on the one hand, yes, um, running the balance helped. They did good work in the second half running the ball. Um, on the other hand, they did score like they did manage a lot of yards on bombs to Mercedes Lewis, which are not repeatable, <laughs> yeah. and. It's not like they lit up the Dolphins in the second half either. Like they did not. Was that a wheel route that Mercedes ran? I, I, it was like a wheel route. Yeah, it was. He started oh off the line, and, but like they only scored one touchdown in the second half after Watson was clearly out, and they settled for a lot of field goals because Watson is a big red zone. He has become a big red zone presence with that stupid run across the field play and with his height occasionally. Um, I, I it maybe will open things up and get him in a habit of throwing to other people. That'd be nice. But uh, it definitely hurt them when they got down by the goal line. And they, they kept having to settle for field goals and couldn't put the game away. And that's why it was exciting until the very end, because they kicked that stupid field goal at the end that should have been a touchdown. Um, super, super annoying again. This could be called the Mercedes Lewis game. It should. This it should really be. should be. This should Fourth be the down touchdown. Game. Fourth down touchdown when I was, I was pretty sure that they would not score. And, uh, and Mercedes works his way wide open. <laughs> and then a diving, diving catch on the sideline. I, I, there's no when that play happened. I'm sure a lot of people were like me and was like, "That's who? Who is, <laughs> who that? is that guy? That, James Jones? Just... Yeah, like right, like '89. <laughs> it just doesn't compute because you know no one expects Mercedes Lewis running near a sideline, let alone actually making a diving catch. So it's like, is that is that Toure? Also, that, that, th- that throw was stupid. Perfect. It was just flawless. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had some sucky moments. Throw. But oh my God. Like, how, how is that you, possible? How can you miss Christian Watson in the flat? Or no, it was AJ Dillon he missed in the flat, and then he hit Watson the next play. And then he has two absolute bombs like off his back foot fading away to the left sideline. Because he had one for he had one for Lazard, he had one for Mercedes. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I uh, he's so confounding. He'll go whole whole quarters without without making a good play or, or overshooting guys and yelling at his receivers, and then he'll. I mean, that's like the that's like the Kansas City touchdown to Jamal Williams in the back of the end zone, which I think was so good that it's still under dispute as to whether Aaron Rodgers was intentionally trying to make that throw <laughs> or if he was trying to throw it away. Like it just doesn't make sense. The touch on that ball, there's there's just not there's just no one who could do that, right? I think so. Uh, Jonathan Judge had a good tweet mid game on this, which is. Aaron Rodgers displaying the classic signs of an elite sports star in decline. Overall trend is the same, but the wow plays still happen on occasion. The key is not to be fooled by the latter. 
And I do think that's what you get with Aaron. There's definitely more uh, more decline evident in his day-to-day routine and his normal throws, but he still just once or twice a game busts out the drop it in a bucket to the slow tight end play. And uh, it's a beautiful thing, but you got to remember all when you're evaluating like contracts and stuff like that, that there is the missing in the flat plays to go along with it. And uh, those are not going to suddenly go away uh, as the old man continues to play. Or there's the overthrowing the fastest guy on the field. Yeah, on fourth and one. Fourth and two, to Whatever. be fair. Fourth and very short. You don't need <laughs> to, to be bomb fair. there. To be I fair. mean, they've, they've successfully scored on fourth down bombs to Watson. So have, why not? Have they? Yeah, the um, Dallas touchdown. That was fourth down? Okay. Yes. Yeah, they got to get away from that, though. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's not working. Um, talking about another aspect, a couple more aspects of special teams that I want to hit on. One good, one bad. The bad being this snap deep in their own territory to Dallin Lovett that went absolutely nowhere and uh, could have spelled disaster or doom. Uh, and then, uh, and then we'll talk about Mason Crosby, Mister Mister Iron yeah. Man, Mason Crosby. But uh, <laughs> but but first, the, uh, the the bad the bad. I I I personally, in the moment, was thinking, okay, the Packers recognize they can't be in a shootout with the Dolphins; that they won't they won't have the arsenal to do it. So um, that was a moment when I don't remember what the score was, but they, things were kind of slipping away there in the first half. Felt like that they had to pull some stops. They did. I thought it was a good. I thought it was smart. I, I don't. I, you know, like everyone else. You see what they were bringing it didn't really make sense that that would be right. the, that would be the call at the line you know that they would audible out of that or whatever whatever the terminology is on special teams they would they would not do that call timeout or something. <laughs> do something different i'm with you on, <laughs> on, on the call like i don't mind fake punts really ever if it's there like if uh if you've got them you know playing coverage and you see that you can sneak one out it's just it was weird because they clearly were like all bunched up in the middle and that mm-hmm. call was not going to work so idea fine, but yeah, ex- read, read on the defense. Sh- somebody should have done something. It's you not guys, like Aaron pisses away ever... timeouts willy nilly. Just take one of those and use it there. <laughs> <laughs> you ever hear Pat McAfee talk about the time that they were going to run a, a fake field goal against uh, the Steelers? Tell us. So they they, he, <laughs> they were doing some film study and they found out that like like on field goal blocking there was this one specific gap in the C gap that was open a hundred percent of the time when they were, when they were watching Steelers film. And so they had this fake where uh, Pat McAfee was the holder and Vinatieri was the kicker and he was going to run it through the C gap. And he's like, he goes, and for the first time ever, Troy Polamalu was in the C gap exactly where I was supposed to run. We didn't even have an audible out of this. So I stood up and waved my arms and started screaming, everyone, we are kicking this ball. We are not making it. Because the end result is Pat McAfee meeting Troy Polamalu in the open field. And uh, uh, he goes back to the sideline and the coach is like, what did you see? And he's like, I saw a Palamalu. And he's like, yeah, that's a good call. You, you would have died. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, Pat McAfee is frustrating, but he tells really good stories. He does. He does. So, so Christian Leave Watson, by the way, have Christian Watson his arms. And... Yeah, Christian Watson against Dallas was fourth and seven, which um, I'm a little better with the bomb on that because you do have to target past the sticks uh, anyway. Um, it's it, it, whatever. It's fine. It's it was not fourth and short. That's my point. Okay, fair enough. So yes, the down love it play not great. Uh, obviously, the Packers acknowledge that. That's not a secret. <laughs> 
Uh, and then uh, our guy Mason Crosby, who uh, I, I like how the name Brett Favre has not come up through some of this, like the, the video that Aaron Rodgers narrated, like talking about how great Mason Crosby's legacy is. And I, I'm not putting this on Rodgers. I'm just saying like, huh. <laughs> Let's uh let's make sure we don't actually talk about the uh the guy who's in the middle of a massive fraud scandal while we're yep. while we're referring I, to I enjoy it because I was I was listening to the, the Rogers speech today with the, the soaring music in the background. Yeah. And just just for a second when they mentioned the two fifty six, I was like, Huh, I wonder who he beat. And then my brain immediately went, You know who he beat, you idiot. <laughs> 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 oh right. That's why they're not talking about it. Okay, that makes sense. He isn't and I said this on As Goes Wisconsin today. He's a very difficult guy to evaluate in terms of historical context or whatever he's never been to a pro bowl he's not a pro bowl kicker he's not an all pro kicker yeah but you know 15 years as a steady guy the way and he has he has obviously when we think of the great plays we think of that playoff game in dallas the the back-to-back 50 plus yarders the 51 yarder to win it and the 51 yarder to win it again after the timeout had been had been flushed through like but but he doesn't have a lot of those moments there aren't a ton of you know, he's made a lot of game winning kicks, including some of the playoffs, but yeah. most of those were not, you know, massive 50 yarders, you know, so there, there, this isn't a Hall of Famer. Like, no one, no one would even think that. But at the same time, the, the longevity and the dependability and the, you know, the fact that they didn't move on from him after 2018 and, and the dividends they got, like, he's a really interesting case study. And I, I don't even know for what, just, you know, he's clearly not a Hall of Famer or anything. Well, hey, what but... was the, what was the down year before 18? Was it 2012? Oh man, I don't even remember. Yeah, I, I don't know. Was, I think it was. I'm pulling Mason he missed up right like, now. And, uh, missed like four kicks in Detroit or some crap. That that's a 2018. Yeah, that game, was 2018. But, okay, but he did have. Yeah, he's had rough patches before. Rough enough that it would have been understandable if the team had moved on. It would have made sense. Yeah, uh, but been, they didn't. He he averages out to being like, like perfectly middle of the road in the era, right? Like he's like, like among his peers, he's like the 16th best kicker. So not really. Um, so I actually wrote a piece earlier this year called The Complex Legacy of Mason Crosby. On no way. You did not. I did on December 2nd. Um, oh, my God. And it goes into all of this because it's really, really, really hard to compare kickers just on stats alone because they kick in such distinct um, arenas. And it just, it's just like baseball where you have to evaluate guys who hit in Colorado different than guys who hit in St. Louis, which is the most um, hitter-unfriendly park in baseball right now. And he, Crosby's kicked outside his whole career in Green Bay, which is very difficult. Uh, he's had the Bears in his division that whole time. Kicking in Soldier is as difficult as anything. And so you really have to do cut him some slack for um, not being in a dome, not being at altitude. And he's okay, but not great against other similar outdoorsy kickers. Like the best one's Robbie Gold. Um, w- kind of without question, Steven Goskowski is kind of right there with him. Um but even then, it gets tricky because the Packers also have relied on Crosby to kick more long kicks than almost any other kicker, and especially outdoor kickers. Like, Matt Prater's kicked a shit ton of long kicks, but he's been in Denver and in a dome for a lot of that, and you can do that. But Crosby has been one of the rare outdoor guys at sea level who just, like, bombs away from 50-plus all the time, and it really does impact his percentage. So it's, like, it's really almost impossible to scout him properly to put like a like a war number on him because he's really unusual there's not a lot of comps for him and it's just hard to adjust for that um given football's sample sizes and weather changes and all that crap but uh i think by and large what you just concluded is what you think in your head like he's, he's pretty good uh, a tough situation kicking wise very clutch and you know guys keep trying to beat him out and don't and 
um, he uh, in, in under tough circumstances, he's just done really, really, really well. I mean, he's not Justin Tucker, but nobody's Justin Tucker. He's <laughs> he's just a good cold weather kicker. Certainly, he benefits from having an elite level quarterback who is more, you know, who doesn't mind having the ball in his hands. And on for in many in many cases, there are key examples where this hasn't been the case. You're going to let Aaron Rodgers try to win you the game. So, uh, yeah, so that's that helps really quick because I pulled it up uh, on the distance point. Um, almost twenty-one percent of Matt Prater's career attempts are from fifty-plus yards because he's you know had those advantages. Um, but like. Robbie Gold, who is, I think, the best other outdoor kicker, only 10% of his, and I lost Mason's number in this belange of crap I wrote somewhere. 16%. So you go find it. Thank you. 16% of Mason's are 50 more. So, like, uh, quite a bit quite a bit more of Mason's are from 50-plus than Gold's, and Gold has a better overall percentage, but he's had way, way, way less difficulty. So just that that's how that's how this goes. Sure. That's how hard I've it is. I've spent my entire life saying Gould. I don't know how to say it. I could be wrong. I don't. <laughs> Paul spent his entire life saying "indomitian so." So uh... I sp- spent my entire life not listening to how announcers say things, and so I don't know how to say things. <laughs> it is. It is nice for the mental health of Packers fans that Crosby is dependable. You know, I don't know if he's. He, I, I don't know if we call him great or all time or anything like that, but dependable. They haven't gone through a cycle of kickers like the Bears and Vikings have in this in this 15 year window where Crosby has been there where it's like oh my god can they get someone to just make a simple field goal yeah and, the, and uh, the Bears of course cut Robbie Gold and regretted it every single season after that right right yeah and uh and similarly the Vikings cut Daniel Carlson and he is a quality kicker for the Las Vegas Raiders you know like granted Carlson had some bad misses but like they probably should have been more patient okay, but then also like Randy Bullock has been cut by six teams and he's still playing <laughs> Right. The kicking kicking is just a bizarre evaluation process. It's just they come from no they come from random places. They come off the street. They uh it's it's you never you never really know yeah, what to do. Yeah, it's like with it's like hockey goalies. Like like they're weird. They have strange uh superstitions. They hang out in their own club. They're super unique and everybody thinks they can do it, but nobody really can. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's shift gears to the defense. Was this a good defensive performance? Because honestly, I don't. I, <laughs> it's so hard. I don't know. So much of it depends on what you think of the interceptions. And uh, I I know uh, DVOA wise, over the last five weeks, the Packers are like the first or second best pass defense. And I meant to have that up, and I don't. But uh, the, like concussions maybe play a, a large part in that. And I feel like every week we come here and we're like, all right, that defensive effort sucked. But, you know, looking at the box score and, you know, everything, Joe Barry maybe didn't do that bad of a job. <laughs> but Jared's rolling his eyes, and I, I, I agree with that. I'm rolling my whole head. <laughs> I, I am with that. I, I, it doesn't feel like they played that well, but uh, Miami is a good offense. Uh, here's another thing. I, I think we at least have to give some credits to Joe Barry in this game because – so they came out, they kind of sucked for a half. They gave up big plays, they gave up the huge Waddle play, they gave up a big Tyreek Hill play. But the book has been out on Miami uh, for like three weeks. Who, who I forget who exposed them, allegedly. But they shifted their defense in the second half. They actually made an adjustment and uh, played more press and it worked. So, I don't know. Um, it was It was good-ish. It was fine. So there was a breakdown on the Packers were actually playing something referred to as soft press soft press yes i saw the soft press yeah where it's you're you're a step or two off you let them try to make their first cup and then cut and then you jab a shoulder inside of your five yard window 
Um, especially because while the dolphins do have two monster speedsters, they're tiny human beings. And you can bully outside them. of Jair, outside of Jair, our corners are pretty big. Yeah. Like Sewell is what, six two? Yeah, he's like a safety. And yeah. uh, they also did a lot of disguising um uh man and zone. That's how Razul got his pick is that looked like man and then it wasn't. <laughs> All of a and I think I think Innis Gaines got in there and was was mixing it up like he was he was getting physical too, because um, he came in and, and Savage wound up playing a lot in the second half, which um, that was an adjustment too, taking Rudy Ford Rudy, off the Rudy field. Ford Love Rudy made, Ford, but Rudy Ford made one bad play and it he he got benched for it. Um, it sounds like though that there had been a trend that he had yeah. bitten on a few plays. It was the one that really popped, but that. It just maybe it just maybe wasn't his day, and uh, Savage ended up having a pretty good second half. So uh, I mean, the same thing happened to Savage before, right? He gave up one play <laughs> to uh, was it Vance? What the hell's his name? I don't remember. Vance Johnson. Vance is that right? Is it Joseph? Vance I think it was Jace. Didn't Vance Johnson play for the Broncos in the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rams Vance. Oh my gosh. Okay, Vance Jefferson. This is the most. Google oh, Van Jefferson. Van, Van Jefferson. I don't remember any Vances anywhere. Vance but. Joseph played for the Broncos in the eighties. Paul yeah. is absolutely correct. <laughs> he was known. We as just amazing. mix and match these names. He was and known we'll as find the something. Vance, and if that's not in his <laughs> reference page, it should be incredible uh, but like okay, okay. Yeah. Holding, so the, holding the dolphins to 20 points at home is pretty good uh, shut out in the second half is really good even even yeah. if they're throwing you the football that's really good you know what's funny is people are blaming the football gods because of uh mcdaniel's shrug at rogers <laughs> Did you, have you guys seen that i thought that was a really wholesome exchange yeah, what, what, i thought so too but, where so, would the football gods get involved um so uh after that is when Tua threw his three interceptions and they scored zero points after the shrug. Okay. That's like the, but Whatever. here's the thing. Like McDaniel's McDaniel, awesome. What an awesome person fun with it. And Aaron Rodgers was swearing at him for calling a timeout. And it, so Aaron Rodgers says that's, that's effing bullshit. And then McDaniels goes, Boo! and like, <laughs> I, I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that I'm, was I'm uh, with you. that was an easy thing to like. That wasn't that wasn't a problem. Yeah, even Aaron Rodgers enjoyed it. Come on, like I don't know. I just I'm a big fan seeing a successful nerd in football, and I want to see more successful nerds in football. Fair so enough. it's very easy to root for McDaniel's. Yeah, and he just seems like a genuinely. I mean, we'll never know about people, but he just seems he just seems cool. Seems like he really cares about his players and cares about keeping it loose and and fun and. In addition to that, he knows his stuff. So uh, it's it's a shame that the Dolphins are torpedoing and they are pretty much going to miss the playoffs because of the way they've played here the last few games. But uh, he's uh, he's been kind of a revelation. He's been great. Yes. Uh, all right. One thing we should mention before we go to questions, I think we have to, is Alan Lazard counting people he blocked. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not draw a flag, thank goodness. An um, incredible, incredible visual. It, it so just... I, I believe the reason it did not draw a flag was the proximity. Oh, is that it? He was too far away from them? He was too far away from his victims for it to be taunting. Okay. That's... <laughs> All right. So Maybe. if you're going to taunt, do it from Back afar. Up. Yeah. But um, we talk about... But if, Alan... you go, if you go too far, it's unsportsmanlike. Yeah. So you got to be... There's a, there's a specificity there. Yes. <laughs> neutral zone. Get get in the taunting neutral zone. <laughs> the, the DMZ of taunting. <laughs> I love it. Indeed. Uh, that we, was good. We talk I, about... Alan Lazard has had a rough second half of the season i think but he has he has not been blocking. great he had a he had a key drop in this game 
But we always talk about how his blocking is is good to elites, and I'm glad he got to like show it off and talk some smack about it too. That was nice. He's blocking his way right to the Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wait, I think he'll be a Bear next year. He's probably not going to be a Packer, and that is something that is. I, I mean, not the Vikings. <laughs> no, the uh, the to be the Adam Thielen replacement. The Bears would like him to be the blocker in their scheme, um, and it's a it's an offensive staff that that knows him. And he can go join the bad St. Brown brother. I guess that checks out. It's really a shame his catch percentage isn't a little higher, and he has done that to himself. It's 58%, and that's too low. If he was having a normal Lazard season where it was like 63-64, he'd be, he would be fifth in DVOA again like he always is. Uh, his drops have definitely hurt him bad. Uh, alas. His drops dropped him. Mm. But he, can him still, he can still block three dudes at one time. He can. He's a monster out there. Three dudes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I do, oh, man. Matt just named the episode. That's what he did. I blocked three dudes <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> just gonna just gonna write that at the end here. The actor, <laughs> the actor from Office Space. Oh man, I so, the, the played, one who was in the Drew Carey show. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, um, the guy who plays Diedrich Bader. Yeah, yeah. He had a just a phenomenal tweet. It was something about like. What are people going to remember you for? And he just had a mugshot of Lawrence looking in that scene before uttering that word. Or like, what what phrase are people going to remember you for? I don't remember what it is, but like, it is true that that man's legacy is uttering the phrase two chicks at the same time. And I don't know how you feel about that. He's a comic actor, Which, so obviously that's fun. But but it also kind of sucks because he is a quintessential voice actor. He is. Yeah, he's one of the better Batman secretly. I mean, he's he's the best not Kevin Conroy Batman. He's the best animated not Kevin Conroy Batman, yes. But he's also been... <laughs> A lot of qualifications on that Batman. He's been, he's been Lex <laughs> Luthor. Interesting. He's... Um, I'm trying to think. He's he, been... He, he's a good quintessential that guy, too. Like, he also steals a, a good two two three minute chunk of Napoleon Dynamite. And one of the few parts of it that still holds up quite well. Ah. <sighs> Uncle Rico having a second Logan act. reporting is eligible. Your favorite football podcast where we discuss Dietrich Bader. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Uncle Rico showing up on the White Lotus, a second act for uh, for that actor that I guess nobody nobody probably saw coming. And starting for the Eagles this week, big big day. Oh my goodness! Uh, Packers, by the way, do want the Eagles. Do you guys to lose. know the the Gardner Minshew hand story? You're going to tell us. Uh, so I'm being with Tub here, do, Matt, Matt. You are. You are. <laughs> Matt, do you know this one? I do not. I, don't? I might. Okay. Know uh, my my cousin um, at Christmas shared this with me, and I forget what podcast uh, or whatever he he was actually put in front of me. So apologies, I can't credit it. But um, in college, uh, Minshew basically had to burn a redshirt year by, or was about to burn a redshirt year because he had to come in at halftime for a starter that got hurt. Um, and so he was he he was like, I just want to play more football. What can I do? And uh, so uh, somebody basically told him, like, well, you could have a medical red shirt. And he's it's like, okay, I just have to make that happen. So he went back to his dorm room with a, a fifth of whiskey and a hammer and started chugging it and whacking his, his non-throwing hand with the hammer <laughs> to try oh and break God. bones to get a medical red shirt. And he took, like, three whacks at it. And I actually... I think he, I think he failed to break any bones in his hand, hitting it with a hammer three times before he gave up. But um, that's uh, that's the that's the Gardner Minshew story in college. He's a, uh, he's he's a uh, character. He does look like a man who would hammer his hand for a medical red shirt. Yes. I have to I have to say he does. That's a dude he? who just loves football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
All right, let's uh, let's get to questions, shall we? Let's do it. We're starting with our Patreon questions because patrons get question priority, and Mark Pitscarby gets the most question Why priority. Why does he ever? <laughs> uh, Mark Pitscarby says, Kayshawn Nixon had three kick returns in college and six in the NFL before this season. How is it possible all of his coaches missed this? <laughs> because because Rich Bisaccia is a god among men and is clairvoyant in finding special teams talent. You know, we're doing a story on on J.J. Watt today because J.J. Watt announced his retirement. And it's canonical, every, or not canonical, it's it's true. Everyone knows the story by now. He went to, he was a two-star athlete who went to Central Michigan to play tight end. And uh, that was on Scali. And then he decided to walk away to come to the University of Wisconsin as a walk-on and delivered pizzas because they didn't have a scholarship for him. And then he became one of the best defensive ends in football history. So, like, this stuff happens. People miss things. The guys fall through the cracks. And uh, it's just about opportunity sometimes. And, you know, they gave Keyshawn Nixon an opportunity and holy smokes. He it's ran pretty it. easy to miss kick returner as a skill as well, because often it'll go to like in college, a smaller, shiftier guy or just a burner who can run, um, you know, four, three straight ahead as fast as possible. Keyshawn Nixon is very fast. He is not uh, his Raz says he's not agile. He is kind of that guy. But he's not so fast and so um, dynamic that you would necessarily get down the depth, the depth chart to him at kick returner. Uh, so it's one of those things where there's not a lot of guys like doing it routinely to get have it caught, and you just have to have a, a unique understanding of what makes that work at the position, which Rich Passaccia does. So I think that's it. Also, J.J. Uh, Watt, the cause of the single greatest Mel Kuyper quote of all time. Which is? Uh, the Houston Texans will regret taking Pizza Boy JJ Watt over <laughs> Nick Fairley. <laughs> I do remember. I I didn't know that was uh, Mel Kiper, but I do remember Nick Fairley getting much higher regarded. Yes, I yeah. do remember somebody was like they should have taken Fairley, and yeah, I remember well, thinking well, the Lions got a be... steal because they got Fairley. Yeah, Fairley was supposed to be the next Sue, and he was going to be Sue paired with Sue, and it was going to be crazy. He and committed then, the same number of penalties as Sue did, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it turns out that nick fairley was just a dirty player in college yeah that's, and that's it. that doesn't work at the next level no i'd hire rich all right jay google says can hackett come back quick and fix the red zone issues for the packers uh, oh, i don't <laughs> think so I'm, I'm not sure nate's uh strategic acumen is is where things go for him um so <laughs> Well, you mean because it has the word strategic in it, it's probably not for him. Also, also the Broncos replaced him with his clock, his clock management man. guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <laughs> oh my god. Um, do we have do you have, can you diagnose? Is there like one or two things that's causing them to be just butt when they get to the red zone? Yeah, there's a couple things. Uh, they don't have the horses. So, part of it is they don't really they got have, a big dog. They they should uh, so part of this is an Aaron problem of not throwing to guys who are covered because at the end zone you do have to be able to go up the ladder and trust like Big Dog would actually probably be a fine red zone target he has great hands and he's a giant tackle who can catch you you just got to box a guy out sometimes that that works their their calls are also kind of bad like when they ran AJ Dillon at the end of the game when it was like what was it like third and six third and goal from the six or five or something like that. That's a dumb play call because A.J. Dillon's probably not going to score on like six yards is hard to get on one down. 
And if you're going to go for it on fourth down, that's not a terrible call. But they didn't kick the field goal. That's just a waste of a down. They waste a lot of downs on fades and on. They run a lot of nonsense that's like horizontal speed stuff without Christian Watson that doesn't work that well. Um, uh, they don't pound it enough with Aaron Jones when they're close. And they run too much with A.J. Dillon when they're far. And they don't trust guys to post up and win battles in tight spaces, which is what you have to do to be effective in the red zone. And yes, they could also use a receiver who's better at that because Robert Tanyan is not good at it. And um, the crappy tight end whose name I've forgotten is not good at it. Maybe Josiah DeGuerra is, but he's in the doghouse. It doesn't matter. That's it. Man, I Tyler about- Davis. Tyler Davis. Thank you. <laughs> I haven't thought about Robert Tanyan in a few weeks. Large Robert, Roberto Grande. Had one good play in this game and then disappeared forever. Steve Romanesco says, not a question for now, really, but something I'd love to hear in the offseason is a breakdown of how ownership of the Packers works and how it relates to other publicly owned teams and other sports and what power shareholders have, which we could talk <laughs> about in the offseason because uh, I, I feel like a lot a lot has been written about that and it's uh, – Fairly common knowledge, I think, among Packers fans, but maybe maybe not. Maybe it's not as uh, as clear cut as people realize. <laughs> Look, the, the thing about the Packers shareholders is it gives fans a sense of entitlement where they can walk up to the GM and say that Aaron Rodgers will take you to the toilet bowl. But there's, there's and, also like the real power structure because not all Packers stock is the Packers stock I own. Some of it is, you know, shares with voting privileges on boards of directors. And, you know, the Packers really are fundamentally run like a normal corporation. Like, there are real shareholders, they can't sell for a profit, that vote on the board of directors, that elects the president, and we all know who that is. And, you know, when things go badly enough, they can make that change, and they do every once in a while. So um, they're weird because their shares are not the kinds of shares you can get rich off of. They're designed just to keep them in Green Bay. But we'll do it in the offseason in more depth. I've talked about this a lot and written stuff on it. You can go find it on Acme Packing Company. You can watch me on SportsCenter with Michelle Steele talking about it. Um, but uh, it, it, uh, it really is just like instead of a crazy owner, you have a bunch of you know well-to-do and, and some not well-to-do people who put a board of directors in charge and they're accountable to actually be successful. It's a good thing. I always like to remind people the time Paul Noonan was on ESPN <laughs> with Michelle Steele talking about the Packers' ownership structure. Uh, Big Rig. Oh, no. This two-week run of decent defense <laughs> is going to talk the team into keeping Joe Barry, yeah, isn't it? It totally is. Go yes, it is. It totally is. 100%. It, it definitely is. Oh, Also, on the flip side, I want to say I was also on ESPN that year. That was a good season for us. It was. Right. We were like within a week of each other. <laughs> yes, because it was, it was both related to the stock sale. That's right. The three of us, uh, one of us is a full-time member of the media, and the other two were on ESPN. <laughs> what, a, what a time for this podcast. Yes, indeed. Um, hey, speaking of JR being full-time media, uh, JR sends out a lovely, lovely handwritten letter. Not handwritten. It's not handwritten. No way. Hand-typed, hand-typed letter with his Christmas card. <laughs> hand-typed. And not dictated, my wife, baby. My wife, who does not listen to the podcast or apparently listen to my internet friend stories, got mad that I did not share any of JR's life events with her. <laughs> yeah, the, the highlights were not a great year for, for the Radcliffs in terms of just exciting things. My car got stolen in January. We discussed that on this podcast. Yes, we have. My daughter is on her third hamster in the last four months, as the first two have met a sudden and an unexpected deaths. R.I.P. R.I.P. Oreo, R.I.P. Nutella. Nutella. We are now on chocolate. Chocolate is the third. Uh, and and her fish sadly just died as well. So t- tough year. Tough year for the Radcliffe's. Um, but yes, 
That's uh, that's my wife was so moved. She was like, "Why didn't you tell me about these things?" <laughs> I appreciate that she takes an interest in your your internet friends' lives. Um, all right, Price Trozen. Will the fact that Lazard pancaked not one, not two, but three defenders on one play, <laughs> along with his receiving play, of course, help with him coming back next year? Or should we just enjoy the time we have and gently weep as he goes to like the Panthers or something <laughs> dumb like that? Yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a bear. He's mark be a bear. My yeah, he, he's not going to be around. He's going to be one of the the signature cap casualties next year. And that's fine. I love Alan Lazard. He's a good player to have, but he's not somebody that you can go into into hawk for. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, so if you went to the Jaguars, uh, <laughs> fine. Why? <laughs> that's where he came from. Oh, that's right. I forget. <laughs> yes. Okay. Fine. I, I, irony return. Whatever. Yes. Thank you. We uh, we have not talked since uh, the Alton Jenkins extension, which uh, oh, yeah. Tom Silverstein wrote today about the amount of money that can be written off on this year's cap, like four point <laughs> six million <laughs> that could still go on this year's cap. There's two games left in the season. Who cares about this exactly. year's cap? And uh, and now that's going to save them some money in 2022 or 23, rather, which is which is nice. That's fantastic. You know, there were legitimately people sad about that. Well, people don't understand the cap when they're no, sad but about it, that. it puts the nail in the OBJ coffin. It oh, my like, God. It's, that's... It, 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 it's the final. But that's the thing. Like, there were people that were still holding out hope. Yeah, OBJ yeah. is think... not. No, Bo Melton, though. Bo Melton from <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks practice squad is now uh, Rutgers zone. Now, uh, now on the 53 man roster. So they added a receiver. I don't know what people are worried about. He's bad. Bo, Bo Melton is a <laughs> is a comparable like like a waddle like he's tiny and fast he's tiny and fast and very unproductive in college unlike a waddle and yeah well, i've already had for rutgers man i've, I've already had people saying like oh rutgers quarterback sucked at me yeah rutgers quarterback did suck that's correct that's why he went to rutgers which is why bo melton <laughs> went to rutgers also bo Ouch. melton scored a touchdown against ohio state good for him good for him <laughs> by the way the year before his final season he ranked 130th in rops instead of 300th which still sucks so <laughs> He has the he has the profile of a running back, but he plays wide receiver. That does not work in the pros. Almost ever, there are almost no exceptions. That's the Jalen Rhaegar, Leviska Chenault profile. Don't do that. Don't draft that guy. That guy sucks. Uh, PJ Vessels, PJ Vessels. He, uh, he, we talked about this a little bit. Was the second half defense good or, or second <laughs> half two a bad? The Athletic mentioned Gray yelling at the secondary, but it looked like two or three haha specials. Uh, future defensive coordinator. Jerry Gray yelling at the uh, yelling at the players at halftime, but but he's he. I mean, we talked about this. He's right. The the throws were thrown right to him, but maybe it wasn't quite as obvious. As I also it. think they realized, if nothing else, they realized that they had to his number, and um, he was not reading. He was not looking guys off. Like guys were staring into the backfield. That can be dangerous sometimes, but they were doing a good job. There was a lot of two a bad in that, but they also they they they. They, they forced a fourth down that the Dolphins converted, unfortunately. So there was that. But uh, they, they did a nice job, I think, even outside of the interceptions. So they would have lost if they didn't get any of them. But <laughs> but I still think it was a good second half. But yeah, two, uh, two, is, two is rough right now. And uh, if you listen to the Minipod last week, um, he uh, he's usually good at making quick decisions, but that arm is bad. And if you gamble on him, sometimes you can you can outrun his ball. And that happened at least once, too. I uh, I was watching some some YouTube reels or YouTube shorts, whatever they're called, basically TikToks that are reposted two weeks later. <laughs> and uh, one of them was T.O. talking about Tua as a true freshman. I would like to see Tua before the hip injury because T.O. had some very nice things to say about him when he was 18 years old. Mm, yeah. 
And yeah, I think Tua with arm strength would actually be. He'd be, pretty, he'd be a lot better. That is absolutely sure. He is quick on his release. He, he usually makes pretty good reads, but that arm is right at the borderline of NFL worthy. Yeah. Mm. T.O. Uh, said that he um, did a whole workout with him, like a whole practice. And he said the only thing that he did was he threw a bang eight route a little bit too late. Like T.O. was coming out of his break and watched him throw it and the yeah. ball should already be out at that point. But like an 18 year old getting praise from, I mean, like an all time great wide receiver. That's it's. I just wish that we got to see full strength to a not <laughs> battered and broken. I'm, sk- I'm skipping ahead a little bit and you'll know why uh, right. I'm going to old man on a bike in Sherlington. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm just an old man on a bike. But when I saw Tua get tackled late in the second quarter, my immediate thought was concussion. How did no one on the field see this and take him out of the game for evaluation? Given he went on to throw a bunch of picks, it seems he may have been exhibiting symptoms during the game and still he played on. Is this on the team, the player, the NFL or some combination of all three? Mostly the NFL, because players have incentives to not come out of the game when concussed. And that is why there are independent concussion spotters whose jobs it is to get guys out when they have concussions. So you can primarily blame them. Uh, And good spotting, old man in a bike in Shillington. I was not watching this game as carefully as I sometimes do, and I didn't see this happen at all. After the fact, I saw some people identified the play, but I didn't see it happen in real time. So, uh, But there's guys who are supposed to be looking for it, and they did. it's the NFL's fault when it's not caught. Yeah, The ball was out of his hand, and the TV copy was starting to look away from him, so I don't blame fans for not seeing it. Um, but yeah, that's your job, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, now to the parody reply of our our, our best commenter old man <laughs> Mike Trillington. <laughs> okay. Ken Maka on a bike in Waukesha. <laughs> a, very, a very specific visual for the former Brewers manager Ken Maka, former not celebrated Brewers manager. Rank these three plays in order of your personal enjoyment from Sunday. The Lazar triple pancake, the Mercedes Lewis Randy Moss esque grab, Tua's last lob interception. You, that's the order. That's the order. Yep, I agree. <laughs> The triple yeah, pancake was great. The Lewis catch was great. To his lob interception, I mean, it was kind of sad in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that, is it Douglas? He gets the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so. Because I enjoy the Jair interception more with the commentary that he provided afterwards being overlaid uh, on Agreed. the visual, on the, on the highlight. So the, the, uh, the final interception for me is especially funny because it happened moments after I tweeted about six point leads being worse than three point. Leads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to eat crow on that though, because they are worse. Like I, I, I know the math on this like nails and you can't count on getting concussed guy interceptions to save your six point lead. They did. It worked. Hooray, but don't do it again. What was it? That fourth down that they, that they passed on to kick is fourth and was it six or seven? It wasn't, it wasn't a gimme, whatever it was. Uh, I, it was not that far either. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Um, <laughs> scroll it was scroll. fourth and three. Oh, okay, okay. No, it wasn't that far. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, they ran, three, they ran but... on third and five up the middle for two yards, and so fourth and three. It was fourth and three, but Royce Newman is your right tackle. What do you want to do? I, I mean, that is a good I wanna, point. So they were at the Miami eight, uh, and I would rather make them go 92 yards for yes. the win or what, a 60-ish for the potential tie, then kick off, have them return it to uh, where they start that drive. Uh, the Miami 28. So they had to go 72 yards for the win, um, which is 18 yards fewer or so than they would have otherwise had to go for the win. 20 yards fewer. So that uh, mm. that's that. 
All right, uh, Ryan Ziegler, is Jair's post-game interview one of the legendary moments of live TV? Is it just as good as Sweet Brown and her bronchitis, or the thunderstorm hail lady, or the surfer who got so pitted? I feel like it is. Your thoughts? I'm going to be honest with you guys, gentlemen. I don't know any of those references. I don't. You, you don't know. You don't. Know, you don't know. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nope. No, I don't. I w- I will look it up immediately when we're <laughs> you done need here. To, you need that to sounds Google, very good. You need to Google. Ain't nobody got time for that, as well as the Auto Tune remix. Oh, right. Auto-tune remixes are key. That, there was an auto-tune <laughs> remix of You About to Lose Your Job, which I really enjoyed. That's from the last couple of years. A woman who was being detained by police, uh, and she felt incorrectly, but she was in good spirits about it and proclaimed You About to Lose Your Job. Uh, I uh, Unfortunately, I, I don't know these, so I'm going to flip So I'm, I'm, bl- I'm brain farting on Thunderstorm Hail Lady. Um, all that's coming to my mind is the Thundersnow uh, weather channel guy right yes he's he he's from wisconsin right i believe he is yes yeah he's a good time the the so pitted surfer that's old that's from like 2006 2007 he's like you go down the barrel and then it just spits you out like and you just get pitted bro so pitted (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like the the turtle from finding nemo righteous so like literally it's if that if that turtle was a real person I love it. Uh, my favorite moment in video history. Well, I, I do enjoy Randy Johnson blowing up a bird. That was really great. But my favorite moment, <laughs> my favorite moment is, uh, I don't remember what, 2006, seven. Uh, there was a, a black bear up in a tree in Montana and they tranked it. And, and he, fell the bear from, the... he fell out of the tree onto a trampoline. Like yep. as, as a me- they, they intentionally placed a trampoline under the tree. So when the bear fell out of the tree, he would be safe. And the visual of a of a limp, unconscious bear trampolining in Montana is just, <laughs> it's just very near and dear to my heart. I used to have a blog called The Trampoline Bear in honor of the trampoline wow. bear. Okay. I have since deleted this thing. So fortunately, as far as I know, it doesn't uh, quite exist. Limp, uh, unconscious bear is the name of my Midwest emo. <laughs> well, the and, trampoline and, bear was literally the name of my blog. And so. somewhere in Montana is the name of our first single. <laughs> My favorite still will always be Fabio Rollercoaster Seagull. So. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I had to explain to somebody the other day that I work with who Fabio was. It's hard to explain who Fabio is. Like, it, it is. Cause like, well, he what? was a male model who also acted. What's what's hard about he didn't that? He did really act, though. Did he did act? He? Yeah, he he was in things. He whispered but, at the camera occasionally. Was, yeah. he, I don't... was he in anything that where he didn't play Fabio? <laughs> he was He was never in anything <laughs> where he didn't play like like... He is Strong, on, silent, handsome guy. He is on the cover of the Nintendo Entertainment System video game Wizards and Warriors. So that's Fabio. <laughs> oh, man. Blowing up birds. That's the theme of great, great visuals, apparently, between Randy Johnson and Fabio. Uh, Ryan Ziegler says, oh, no, that was the Jair question. Flaley Joel Osment says, does the Alton Jenkins contract look good or bad given the level of play from Zach Tom? What is the optimal O-line configuration now? And does that include subbing one of the aforementioned players for Josh Myers? For Myers, yeah, no, I don't think so. Like, uh, my only complaint with Josh Myers is he's not Creed Humphrey, but other than yeah. that, he's fine. Well, but but you could theoretically have Elton play center, you which could. we haven't seen. Um, that's that's a fair point with uh with Tom on the outside, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah. I don't think so, guys. I think yeah. I think Elton's a guard at, at worst and yeah. uh, a tackle a tackle in the future. And I so. just I really like that he's being paid to be a good guard with escalators at tackle Agreed. so then that way everybody wins a very rust ball contract if ever there was one um, <laughs> it's a good contract first of all they got to use that cap space i'm sure that this was like okay let's see who he could extend and and use 4.5 million dollars of useless space and 
he, he won that contest. And uh, Elton Jenkins is a risky because that injury is risky. But when he is playing, he can play across the whole line, which is super duper useful because it is insurance for everybody else on the whole entire line if they can't go. So it's a good contract. It still looks fine, even with guys kind of coming into their own. And, you know, Royce Newman played in this game. And if Elton Jenkins would have been around, he wouldn't have. So simple as that. Imagine if Don Barclay was good. <laughs> Correct. Yes. That's, that's Elton Jenkins. Don that's Barclay just had, had that versatility where he was at the same level at all positions. <laughs> he, was, he was equally bad <laughs> at all the spots. The same versatility oh, I have on offensive line. I'm also oh. equally good at all positions. Who, who do you think Don is Barclay the better guard? Strays. Don Barclay or Latroy Guyon? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say Latroy Guyon. Would he have three snaps at guard in his career? Yeah, emergency snaps. Yep. Patrick Patrick Detmer, uh, we talked about this. Does Dean Lowry's injury finally force the Packers' hand into giving more snaps to Devontae Wyatt? Do you think this continues? I mean, I think yes. yes absolutely. Right? It will continue. Yes. <laughs> this was a ramp-up game. He played quite, He played three times as many snaps as he normally does. He's going to see more time, and it's going to be good. Um, he is... One of the reasons to think the defense can continue to play well, because when when uh, Wyatt is in there, they're so much better up front. It is night and day. Have we ever mentioned Patrick's last name? Like Patrick Detmer? Yes. As in like re- Ty like, Detmer? Like, as in like Ty Detmer. Do you think he's related? I don't. I, I doubt it. I, just, I don't know. He's a Packer fan. It seems. Well, we can ask him. Don't be coy about it. Yeah. Hey, hey, Patrick, are you related to Ty Detmer? <laughs> Uh, great moments, the backup quarterbacks. Um, Jaron Reed, by the way, shout out to him. He made the play that I think will be regarded as the best of his Packers career. Yep. Uh, by uh, getting that fumble. All right. K-Times. There were a lot of BJ Raji jokes, by the way. Like, because oh, he wears number 90? Yeah, turnover by number 90. Look at that BJ Raji out there. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. I'm always in the market for a good BJ Raji line. Love it. Still have my number 90 jersey up there, some upstairs somewhere. Uh, K-Times 7. Look, I'm as excited as any Packer fan that we are playing meaningful football in December and January, but are we just the 2022 Steelers just trying stuff and hoping it works? I think we're a little better than that, but uh, uh, maybe a bit. The reason to be optimistic is our advanced stats for the last several weeks when we're fully loaded have Christian Watson are actually good. And, you know, it's the kind of thing where if you go on a crazy run and win a Super Bowl or make a Super Bowl, you look back and say, oh, yeah, you can see the trend. Here's where they take off. Here's where they they start playing Watson more. Here's where Devontae Wyatt starts playing more. And this is where they round into form for a run. Um, So I think they're better than that. 22-22 Steelers team was garbage. The Packers team is not. They're, They're maybe not great. But they're not complete garbage, and there's at least a hint of potential there. So let wait and see the see before we compare them to trash teams like the Steelers. Also, our quarterback has normal sized hands. <laughs> yeah, I do think, I I do think it's it's defensible to say this team isn't good enough to like truly make a deep run in the playoffs. Like maybe they even win a playoff game, but do we really think they're they're more than that? I think. And then there's like a like a three percent chance they are. I, I don't. Okay. I, I don't think there is, but like, I just there's so many of these like random like f- guy falls down moments where like well, this game would be over if he didn't fall down. Stop falling right. down. So and, and maybe that's part the... of the team. Like maybe that's just a thing they do. And that's annoying, but they're close to being good. In well, some what if they're ways. the 2011 Giants? Sure. Yeah, I mean, there are examples there of teams that that get hot. I mean, the 
the 2010 Packers are not like this, but there is maybe you know, Devontae they, Wyatt turns into like the best def- interior defensive lineman in the league. Like, <laughs> I it ends up being a question to which you don't have the answer, just the theoretical, yep. like, what is better, you know, investing in that three percent chance because that's really the only thing fans ultimately care about, or giving reps to Jordan Love and and looking to the future, etc., etc., etc. Like, you, you'll never know, but I mean. We don't, Jordan Love doesn't. The, the the problem with Jordan Love is the lack of playing. You know, yeah. the, the lack of data, the lack of knowing what to do with him. We know what Look, you would man, do with him. You trade fa- Jordan Love. Live fast, <laughs> die young, leave a beautiful corpse, go for the playoffs. I mean that that is definitely an ethos that I can get behind. Um, oh, Price Trozen has another one. Just one more quick thing. After seeing a really bad hold not get called on a big Miami game, can we please reiterate to people that the Packers, in fact, do not get all the calls? <laughs> they don't. All they don't, the calls. They don't statistically get all the calls. Can we talk about two hands holding down Christian Watson in the end zone? Can we talk about a full-on arm bar against Romeo Dobbs streaking down the sideline? The The refs were not calling any pi yeah it was in just, either direction it was just a game of, of there just weren't a lot of a lot of physical play was allowed the vikings get all the calls this year don't don't let it leave your brain <laughs> i feel like this is a little that that no one meme where i think there's a lot more people who believe <laughs> that there are people saying the packers get all the yeah, calls yeah as opposed as opposed to yeah i i, I don't know Oh, what's the year? I would say that online, like, Twitter is a website of people inventing something to get mad at and then yeah. fighting about it. There right. are there's people who don't matter that that say this. Like that's my main. Like YouTube commenters are the ones. Bro, saying, I sure. don't matter. Yeah. Like in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> and I mean, if you want, like the people who feel that the Packers get all the calls, they probably are just using the. You know, the Packers have been wildly successful. Like beyond extraordinary really over the last 30 years yeah so i'm sure there's going to be a faction of people who are just like well obviously they're getting help from the league the league wants to see them succeed or whatever you know you start to try to explain this level of success you do my personal favorite is people still to this day will send me the ben baldwin 2008 to 2019 uh penalties on third down chart that was going around a couple years ago i remember that yeah where the packers Um, got quite a few calls yeah, sir. and it was specifically because Aaron Rodgers in his entire career has targeted pass interference. He has a stupid computer brain at spotting what the defense is doing wrong, and he will throw the ball at that person and throw it short. Yeah. Like he does it on purpose. Yeah. When's That's the last time a... we saw Aaron Rodgers pull the offsides trick where he gets gets Wasn't a team there one in this game that they blew dead? Yeah, no, the the Mike McDaniel uh uh, shrug was he was trying to get him with 12 men and McDaniel called the uh, timeout at the like 0.1 second left right which is what I'm saying like we he, we haven't seen it work in a while and when yeah, they get the free people plays are, people are watching for it That's and refs exactly. are blowing at Deadmore too and Aaron's always turning around and swearing at them part <laughs> of it is because uh, they added that it's it's automatic dead if they're unabated to the quarterback or something like that, well, yeah, which that, gives like that's been the rule forever. Like I know, yeah, the but word... it's one of those it's one of those where like they didn't change the rule, but they're enforcing, enforcing a specific it. part. Okay. Of it. A point of emphasis. Uh... Yeah, point of emphasis. Thank you. Um, and so yeah, the unabated to the quarterback they're using to blow stuff dead and not give free plays. People under hate... the guise of player safety. People hate cool huge bombs, so I get that. Uh, Dr. Hillbilly says, will the Miami Dolphins inability to diagnose concussions lead to Joe Barry keeping his job? Yep, here's the small domino, huge domino meme. Uh, <laughs> yes, Pro- probably yes is the answer. 
It uh, seems pretty likely. No, nah, guys, here's the Packers are not going to end up going to the playoffs. They're not going to go to the playoffs. Joe Barry will not keep his job. <laughs> no one will be happy about any of it, and uh, we'll just move on. That's so I was, the most likely outcome. My mother-in-law is terribly confused because I was actively cheering for a Packers loss during the first half of that game mm-hmm. because the pain is over. The season is done. Like we can just enjoy the last couple weeks of the season. Joe Barry's likely getting fired. And then they go on to win. And I'm happy because they won. Yeah. My team won. Yay. My yeah. non football watching family do not understand the roller coaster of emotions <laughs> that I was presenting. I can relate. It's something I, I feel more with the Brewers than the Packers. The Packers, I just kind of enjoy the ride a lot more. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, mainly, mainly because there's just content galore. And we all know I love I love myself some content. So uh, love some good content. I do. I do root for the content hard. You know, like there there are a lot of writers who are just like, well, it's good. It's good for the story, and it is. And and I really really love that. I love that it's good for the story. So. Um, in this case, I enjoy keep, keeping them alive. is is good for is good for me. Uh, Scarf twenty one. In spite of his Pro Bowl nomination, it doesn't seem like Jair is quite as sharp as he's been in previous seasons. Oh yeah. Is it really as simple as being bored, unconvinced with what Barry is doing on the defense? Is there a risk of somewhat haha Clinton dis haha Clinton Dix <laughs> decline? <laughs> Freudian slip. My sorry. To be to be clear, haha uh, Clinton Dix did not decline. He was, he was bad. He was bad from the day he started playing. He continued to be bad all the way through the time he was here. He, he was a bad player who happened to catch a few interceptions that were thrown directly to him. Um, Jair Alexander is good. I, I do think he looks like he's gambling a little bit more. He's trying to generate Jair stats and still locks guys down when he feels like it. So uh, there's no there's there's always a risk a guy's going to get worse. Corners are especially notorious for flipping and flopping from year to year they're very hard to predict when they'll get bad but uh, he seems fine like he seems like he can play when he wants to play i'm not worried about him um going forward <laughs> him him getting burnt by bad receivers from the bears was a hundred percent him going for stats over team because Absolutely. He, thought he, he thought it was over yep uh we, we move on to twitter questions here and i don't have the handle of oh, this first I'm very one. sorry it was such a good question i'll run you read the question i'll run down the handle all right so the question is do any advanced metrics say the packers should have declined the encroachment penalty we're referring to i think that's late that's later in the game after an aaron jones catch and run for like 18 yards on first and 20 gets down to it is like, second and two with 308 left in the fourth quarter packers okay. are driving to get to their what eventually is the field goal to go up six. That was and the from, question continues. Oh, go ahead. Anthony Sikorsky. Question continues. Did Miami deliberately encroach an out analytic Green Bay? Yes. So, yeah, I would say I'm not sure they out analytic Green Bay because if they decline the penalty, I, I actually don't know if the clock starts. Um, if they decline the penalty, the clock does not start. Yeah. Um, until the ball is like the it's like the ref will place the ball and do the hand thing and then it's 25 seconds yes okay so they could run off 25 seconds yeah okay. but as opposed to the 10 seconds or whatever yeah. like so uh, i guess that's right yes a little bit it was it was a very savvy play because uh the difference between second and two and first and 10 there is not huge the packers at second and two are very likely to convert a first down speeding that process up probably helps miami stopping the clock definitely helps miami so, yeah, it was a very savvy play outside of three minutes to do that and get a free clock stoppage and turn the downs over um, in that scenario. Yeah, th- it was a nice job. They did. Good catch. Mm-hmm. Because then you're – so the other thing to think about is, yes, the Packers go from getting second down and two to first and ten, but what the uh, 
Miami is getting is essentially subtracting three downs of 45 second loss. Yeah. At that point. So, yeah, it's isn't it was, Bill Belichick kind of the author of this? Like, didn't isn't he? I thought there was some loophole that was closed where so he this was. So there was a uh, I think it was Ravens Bengals. And I can't remember. I remember these two teams. I can't remember who did who. But uh, to end the game, I believe it was the Ravens held every single player on the Bengals, like tackled them to the ground and then walked around holding the ball for like 10 or 15 seconds and then walked out the back of the end zone because games are allowed to end on offensive penalties. Um, Everyone was like, wow, that was super savvy and great. And look at John Harbaugh. He's so smart. And then Bill Belichick did the exact same thing like three weeks later. Yep. And then they outlawed it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought also Mike Munchak did some stuff that I don't don't remember all the details. Way, 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 way. When Football Outsiders first started, there was one other football nerd site uh, called Football Commentary run by a guy named William Krasker. And in scenarios like this, he would occasionally advise people based on his model that at the end of the play, somebody should take their helmet off and commit uh, a personal foul that way because it did stop the clock outside of three minutes. And in some scenarios, turning over the first down um, and stopping the clock with that penalty was worth the 15 yards. And it was a way to generate a penalty without fail. So, yeah, this is kind of that. All right, Discord questions. I haven't read these in advance, so there could be some some. <laughs> I, 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 I think I, I think I, I already swore, it. so we're fine. All right, uh, Eno I, I did not Shisha say the boy. Eno Shisha boy says, "Why doesn't a team perpetually trade back in drafts? It seems like you could invest a current year's draft capital to enter a cycle of having multiple picks in a round and choosing which one to use versus to trade back for future picks, repeating in perpetuity. Seems to hedge against success, hurting draft position, and gives you more flexibility in each draft. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have no idea what was said in that in the question I just read. <laughs> I am lost. I'll give you. So the answer is: first of all, you need people to trade with. Um, you can't just trade back in a vacuum. There's not like the there's not the monopoly bank handing you money for things. So not everybody can do it. And at some point, the math turns over. Uh, second, there's a team that does this. The Ravens do this. The Ravens have a zillion draft picks compared to everybody else. It does work pretty well, but at some point you do have to take your guys to and actually spend that capital because the Ravens have problems, you may have noticed. For instance, they have no good wide receivers or even competent or average wide receivers. They have Sammy Watkins as like their second best receiver. <laughs> Sammy Watkins <laughs> is playing meaningful snaps yes. for the Ravens. Um, and, and so you can do it too much to the point where it actually hurts your team's ability to compete in the now, and the Ravens have gotten to that point there's a balance here at some point you do have to actually spend those thing those picks on something um and it is generally speaking better to trade back most of the time but that is not always the case and understanding positional value is a big part of that all right potom said when do we worry about jair ryan z responded (laughs) not ever he quit on the defensive coordinator Ryan, ryan is right and we already answered that so yeah Jerry Eldridge said, I, by the way, I, I put the responses because the fun thing about Discord is people ask these questions and then other people come in and answer them. And I yeah. that. <laughs> Jerry Eldridge said, should teams start looking at experience kick and punt coverage guys as returners? Keyshawn Nixon had almost no experience as a returner before this year and even going back to college. You think his breakout is due to his unknown pre pre preternatural ability or the result of understanding where coverage units are weak due to coaching and his extensive experience in coverage? I didn't think this until him. right now. It's, it's a and great now idea. I kind of do. <laughs> it's like when people bring in a defensive backs coach to come talk to wide receivers, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's brilliant. Jerry, it's worth a shot. It's a good idea. Damn. Our Discord is smart. 
C. Hutler says, why does Collision Low Crossers have so many pages? Because it's a very interesting and detailed story. Also, I just love that, like, it spends, like, three quarters of the book talking about, like, eight weeks. And then it's just like, and then the rest of the season. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> I am watching Jim Leonard right now in his final appearance with the University of Wisconsin oh, yeah. coaching in their bowl game as we speak. Uh, very late night bowl game action in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, More like bowl cut game. Am I right? No, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bald man. Workshop I haven't had a bowl cut one. in some time. <laughs> John, John Ramos. <laughs> I like how all the discord ones are also in- unintelligible. names. Yeah, you got to like John, John Ramos MTG. Probably yep. Magic the Gathering. Ah, OK. Thanks for translating. We're not moving on from Barry, huh? Response from C. Hutler. Don't speak that into existence. <laughs> nope. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they will. I mean, I, I know I know that frequently the Green Bay or or I guess any organization, the, the inertia is stronger than any any thought for change. But I, I just I just got to think they, they realize what's happening here and that you can't keep dedicating resources to one side of the football and have that side of the football not 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 hold up their end of the bargain like that's not good enough and somebody has to be held accountable for that yep i hope you're right i really do and that they're they have a better perspective and technique than that but i just feel like their self-scouting is bad on players and i do wonder how harsh it's going to be on a coach's friend who has some good counting stats on his defense that's all but hope you're right hope i hope we get better that'd be good all right we're done Uh, that's it baby yep all right Dang it. Yeah, we're not doing I snuck that. A, I, I snuck saw, a fake question. We can all see you typing there. there. Trying to get JR to read it. <laughs> nah, dude. Nah, dude. It's. it's... All right. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Before God. we go, JR, so... anything to plug? No, we wrote about JJ Watt on Tuesday, retiring. Obviously, Wisconsin, maybe the greatest draft pick in Wisconsin history, although Joe Thomas, future Hall of Famer, certainly has an argument, uh, both of them from Waukesha County. And uh, and so, obviously, there's a lot of thoughts, uh, chatter, stories about JJ that, w- that we had on our site on Tuesday at jsonline.com. The Bucks podcast is out again uh, as of Tuesday morning, Point Forward podcast with Jim Ozarski and Lori Nickel and myself looking at the Bucks. They've had a rough stretch, but they're still very, really, really good. Uh, just uh, right now, right now, in a little bit of a funk uh, as they try to get healthy, get yeah. everybody back to full speed. And uh, other than that, that's it. A little, little bit of year-end stuff up at JS Online. My quotes of the year, my sports moments of the year, which both of those things were written before Jair Alexander's interview, which uh, <laughs> which I deeply regret at this point. Uh, also putting together my list of the Wisconsinites in sports, college and pro sports. So so people who went to high school in the state of Wisconsin out uh, out in the in the wild, whether that be it with a Wisconsin program or not, uh, that that list will be dropping um, probably probably sometime this week. And uh, and yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of Badgers coverage here from the guaranteed rate bowl. Probably <laughs> probably less about the game itself and more about the broader the broader movements of the of the of the program at this point. Is, is Alec is Alec Ingold in that list? I don't remember if I put him on the honorable mentions list. I may have at the end. Obviously, fullbacks. You know. Well, you just reminded me. He decleated. JJ Anigbari. He did. Like took took the man off he his blasted, shoes. Blasted yeah. it four yards into the secondary. <laughs> it was a good yeah. I don't, I don't have every Wisconsin player in the NFL, but you know what? Now that I think of it, I do believe I, I do believe he's on my list of honorable mentions. He's All not. Right. A, I have twenty like top twenties, and he, he's not there. Fullback. I mean, <laughs> rough life for a fullback, but uh, but I do think he's on the list. Bayport's own three sport athlete, tremendous wrestler, tremendous baseball player, uh, and decided to play football on the next level. All right, 
Go read about Alec Ingold. Um, right. <laughs> it's Matt, like one line. Yeah. It's like six words. <laughs> Matt, got anything? I've gotten really into uh, Franken whiskeys recently. <laughs> I would like to. I would what like are, to share the gospel. What are Franken whiskeys? Um, where you mix more readily available whiskeys with similar flavor profiles to create knockoffs of more expensive and hard so to this find. This is whiskey. the pappy thing you were talking about. Yes. On. Okay. All right. Um, so. Not necessarily Pappy. So I was specifically, uh, Poor Man's Pappy is a pretty common one that people know about where you mix 50-50. I assume it's uh, the entire reason the thing you're talking about exists right now. Yeah, sort of. Uh, Weller 12 and Weller 107, if you mix those 50-50, apparently it's supposed to be <laughs> Poor Man's Pappy. Okay. It's not. It's it's just a remake of Weller Centennial, which hasn't existed since 2005. However, uh, Van Winkle Special Reserve Lot B is another like $1,000 whiskey that you can't get but if you mix 50 50 weller special reserve and eagle rare which are both 30 dollars whiskeys if you can find them it is greater than the sum of its parts all right all right and i i've been drinking it this whole show all right <laughs> society has declined to the point where we're mixing whiskey with whiskey all right excellent <laughs> all right i i i have well i have not i, I owe the shepherd a column uh, it's it's been a rough one they'll have it tomorrow read that it'll be recapping go looking. listen tell people to go listen to your song I, i'm plugging the song just chill out <laughs> but go read that it'll be up tomorrow sometime um and uh we'll, we'll we'll preview the next game as well um and yeah i wrote i wrote a song which i sing which has harmony which i learned for this i also learned how to make my voice sound better although i've got work to do there just it's not it's not good it's better um to be clear there but uh yep go, but go. also to be clear if this were if you had an operatic voice it would not be awesome it just wouldn't be as funny or cool You're, so that is correct yes if it sounded good it wouldn't be worth doing I, you know that, that would just be I, i'm not even like trying to bash you i'm just saying I like there, there are certain voices that work very perfectly for this vein of yes. content creation correct well, also you're parodying a drunken talk singy canadian band yeah so like let's do it, it works it works yep that one works pretty well that one works pretty well so go check that out too uh you can find it on my youtube channel i'm sure i'm badgering it on youtube because i am on everything and uh also at acme packing company uh at uh the link from christmas eve so go find all that and uh yeah th that'll do it for us this week we'll we'll be back next week i think it's new year's may impact things uh who knows how we'll, what shape we'll be in but uh um yeah <laughs> jared's like yes correct uh <laughs> But uh, yep, uh, we got we got the Vikings, and we'll know a lot in terms of playoffs next week. So uh, enjoy the game, and uh, happy New Year.